Okay, everybody, welcome back to another Lukutimaranshir that we're starting over here. Just a few uh, quick words of introduction and announcement. Tonight we're going to be learning in the second chilek in Lukutimaran, Lukutimaran Tinyana, lesson 48. It's a lesson about chizuk and encouragement. And we're also, as always, we're going to have our Parsha connection, Parsha's Emor. And on top of that, we're also going to have our Lagba Omer. Our Lagba Omer connection, which I'm super excited about Lagba Omer. I look forward to Lagba Omer every year. And Baruch Hashem, I have a fire pit in my yard. So we're going to have a quarantine Lagba Omer in my yard. And I'm looking forward to that. Now, I also, the Baruch Hashem, this year we're now on the Breslov Research Inst- uh, Institute website and YouTube. So you could go there to hear more shiurim. I'm excited about this opportunity and I'm humbled to be working with them. And they also, this is, I believe, our 19th shiur in Lakut Maran, all inside shiurim for all the people that are going to be listening to the recording of this. You could go to my SoundCloud account. If you go to SoundCloud at Shia Sussman or you search Nach Daily, which is my Navi class, uh, you'll be able to listen to the rest of the Lakut Maran shiurim that we have because because we're all new to Zoom, so I finally have them on video, because this is the new format of the year online. But if again, if you're interested in more, you could go to the my SoundCloud at Chaya Sussman or Nach Daily, and you could pull up. I have another uh, around another 20 classes inside on Lukutimaran. So there's a lot, there's a lot out there. So tonight I wanted to again learn uh, Tinyana Lesson 48 in the second chelik of Lukutimaran. Uh, it's a long, short piece, which means it's, it's not the longest. It's not the most in-depth or involved piece. It's pretty simple and straightforward, but uh, it is a, a tad long, not very long, but a tad long. And I really wanted to learn some old-fashioned breast of chizuk, some old-fashioned chizuk from Rebbe Nachman. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to learn this is because I myself need chizuk. We all need words of encouragement. And Rabbi Nachman was the master of encouragement. In fact, his name, Nachman, it comes from what it says by Noach, Zeyinachimeni. It says that Hashem said about Noach, Zeyinachimeni, Noach, you're my comfort. And what he meant by that is, is that Rashi says, what does it mean, Zeyinachimeni, my comfort? It says that there was 10 generations from Admarishon until Noach. What happened by Adma Rishon? There was a curse. It said, uh, right? You're going to eat with itzavon, depression. All your work is going to be very hard. And kotz vidardar, thicks and thistles, however you would translate that word, they're going to prevail. And from 10 generations from, from Adma Rishon until Noach, they had, nothing, they had no way to work the ground until Noach came along. And what was his chiddish? Noach's chiddush was a plow. Zeyinachimeni. Rashi says on the spot, what did Noach do? He was the first one to create a plow, which means he was the first one to start undoing the curse of Admarishon, of Bitzavan Telchenu, of with depression you'll eat. And the first one to start undoing Kotz Vidardar to make the ground easier, to make life sweeter for people, to make life more enjoyable, to remove the depression. And that's where the name Nachman comes from, and from Zeyinachimeni, that it was my comfort. And certainly, for me personally, the tzaddik, Rabbi Nachman, you learn his chizik, you learn his Torahs, and it's otherworldly. 
it's chizuk, it's, it's encouragement, it's depth. You know, it's a true nechama, especially nowadays, aside for the corona, hashtag corona 2020, aside for that, uh, just the sheer amount of mental health issues that people struggle with, the sheer amount of anxiety and the sheer amount of depression. And you learn, as we're going to see tonight from Rabbi Nachman, how strongly he spoke to the lowest common denominator, how strongly he spoke to the depressed person, how strongly he spoke to us when we're feeling worried and anxious, how strongly he spoke to every single person in all the struggles of their lives. So I myself again wanted chizuk, and I, and I figured uh, what better time to do one of these pieces in Lakuta Mairan than, than right now. So I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do the screen share over here, and then we'll jump right into the piece. Okay. You guys can see the screen share? It's good? Everyone can see the screen share. Okay, hold up, but my thing is being blocked for some reason. Let me see. Hmm. Hold on, let me do that one more time because for some reason it's some reason it's a uh, freezing. Okay, that should work better. Hold on. Share screen, share screen. Okay. That is, that's better for me. Okay, every, so it's in the second Chelek Lunkut Maran. It is lesson 48. Kisha Adam. I highlighted it over here on the screen. I'm sure everyone, everyone could see that. So let's jump right in. Again, this is an inside text based year. So we're going to do a bunch of reading tonight. Kisha Adam. Kisha Adam Nichnas Bevodas Hashem. When a person enters into serving God, Azai Haderech Shemarin Lo Hisrachukus. The, then the path that gets up shown to him is one of distance. And it appears to that person as if he's being distanced from above. And you're not allowed or permitted at all to enter into the service of God. But the truth is, all the distancing and all the isolation and all the loneliness that a person feels is truly, really, in truth, it's bringing you close. It is his karvis itself. It's closeness in itself. And a person needs a tremendous amount of strength and encouragement that a person shouldn't fall, fall in his mind. Oh, lost the place over here. Chas v'shalom. Kisheroe sheoivrim kama v'kama yamim v'shanim. And a person sees how many days and years passed. Shehumi siagea b'yagios gedolos b'shvel vodos Hashem. And a person sees how much they toiled in serving, in, in serving God. V'adayin hu rachok ma'od. And they sees that, look, after everything I did, I'm still far from Hashem. And a person didn't even begin to add all into the gates of holiness. Because the person sees on themselves, I'm still full with all my worries, anxieties, and depression, and all my averas, and confusion. After all the years, what did I really accomplish? Anything that a person wants to do in holiness, it doesn't allow him 
appears to that individual that Hashem does not look at him at all. And Hashem doesn't want his service at all. That after all the time a person screaming and pleading and calling out to God that Hashem should help him. But even so, a person still far. Therefore, it looks to that individual that Hashem does not care about him, does not look at him, and is, does not desire him at all. Because God does not want you. God does not want you. And I think this is something that's very apropos for now because look what happened. Hashem shut down every Jewish institution. Hashem shut down every shul. Hashem shut down every yeshiva, every base medrash, every minion. And you, a person could ask, why is Hashem, and a person should think, like, why is Hashem doing this? I don't know why Hashem do it. I'm not going to attempt to answer that. But what I will say, though, is that it looks, a person could say, look, you see, Hashem doesn't want us. Lo bacharbo. Hashem doesn't care. After all your tefillahs, after all your minyanim, after all your stress, after everything you've gone through in your life, it's nothing. Hashem is not looking at you. But Rabbi Nachman saying that a person needs to be very, very strong in their mind, that all hisrachikus hukulo hiskarvus, distancing in itself is bringing close, that you're not just cast aside, you're not just left to struggle on your own. But somehow, we're going to talk about this more as the piece develops, but somehow the distancing in itself, the very fact that it seems that you are pushed away and that you can't enter into the gates of Kedusha, that itself is Hashem bringing you close. As one of the things that I've been thinking about, again, that's pertinent to this situation that we find ourselves in, is that even though this situation is so difficult and it's so trying on so many levels, there is a lot of hidden bracha. There's a lot of hidden bracha that with all the insanity that's happened, a person hopefully is able to look at their lives and look at themselves and begin to reevaluate what is going on. So you think you're being distanced? You think you're being pushed away? Really? It's Kulo Hiskarvas. Hashem is bringing each and every single one of us closer. And we know from the tzaddikim that everything, you know, Everything that happens in the world is part of the redemption process. It's from the Vilna Gon used to speak about this. Rav Cook used to speak about this. That the entire world, everything that happens, it's part of the Geula process. It's part of the redemption, like Purim, right? It happened over the course of many years, all these devastating things that happened. But it was all Hashem's non-miraculous, miraculous way in order to bring about the Geula, in order to bring about the redemption. So a person could look at the world events and a person could look at themselves both on a, ma- a macro and a micro level and say, look, Hashem, Hashem doesn't want us. Hashem doesn't want us at all. But Rabbi Nachman's teaching to look with the eyes of Sadiq and to look even deeper, to look in beyond that and see that the hisrachikus is kulo hiskarvus. The distancing, it's, it's, it's gewalt Hashem is bringing us so close. Further along. Hain, kol eilat and how much with all these things we need to strengthen ourselves. It's at the bottom of the page, last line of the page. To strengthen ourselves a lot of lot. 
Al-Zeklal, not to look at this at all. Don't pay any attention to it. All the distancing is Hashem bringing us close. And all the tzaddikim had to go through this. Like I heard from them in their own mouths themselves. It appeared to them that Hashem doesn't want them at all. Because the person says, after all the years of me doing everything, at least I should succeed, maybe a little bit. But a person still feels so far. And if they were not to strengthen themselves without looking at this at all, they would stand strong, and they would totally uh, beat the bullet. Right? Which means if they had paid attention to every single little thought they had about it, to all their feelings that they were thinking about it, they would not have been Zoha to the levels that they were Zoha. Now, Rabbi Nachman says, I, I love this. This is like, this is incredible. It's chizuk, it's, it's encouragement straight from the tzaddik right to us. And the rule is, my beloved, my loved one, my brother. Chazak ve'ametz me'od, strengthen yourself a lot. Ve'echos atzmecha bekol ha'kochos l'ishayr kam ve'avodasecha. And grab yourself with all your energy and strength to stay steadfast in your service of God. Ve'al tochosh, do not be concerned. Ve'al testakel klal, and do not look. Akol hanal okayotzi bezeh. Do not look at this at all. Ve'im atar rochok me'od me'od mimeni yisparach. And even if you're really, really far from God, and it appears to you that you're sinning every moment against God. With all this, nevertheless, you should know that this person, that is so entrenched in worry, anxiety, depression, his taivas, addictions, any little bit that he tries to wean himself away from his physicality and turn towards God. Every tnua, you know what tnua is? It's like, it's like, oy vey, oy vey, oy, you make a kvechs, oy Hashem. Any little bit at all that a person does to turn towards God is so valuable and precious. Even a little bit. That he's trying to move away from the physicality towards God. This takes a person thousands of places in the upper worlds. Like we know very well from the story of the, of the sad tzaddik. I'm going to say that in a minute. We're going to go through that story. And therefore, a person needs to strengthen themselves to be so happy. Because depression is devastating. And no. Immediately, when a person wants to enter to serve God, when you start listening to those thoughts of depression that seep in, it's an Avera to listen to it. Because depression is the other side. And Hashem Yisbarach hates depression. Amazing. So we're just going to recap over here. 
that Rabbi Nachman is saying that all the yiridas and all the, the worries and the anxieties and the distancing that a person feels in their life, it's really God bringing you close. It's really Hashem is bringing you close. It's, it's the distancing itself brings the closest. The yirida is not in the yirida, it's an aliyah. But in your mind, in your das, the way you're looking at it, then now it's a yirida. So as those negative thoughts are bombarding a person, as those thoughts are trying to take a person over and creating those feelings with inside a person that, oh, after all the years, what did I do? I don't even remember my learning. I didn't do Chazara and I could have done things better and I didn't do them better. And look at me now, Hashem threw the entire Jewish nation out of their shuls and out of their minyanum and out of their yeshivas and out of their bate midrashim and out of their chesed projects. So a person can say, look, God doesn't want us. God does not want us at all. And then you start to feel really depressed. But Rabbi Nachman saying, no, this is really Hashem bringing us close. This is part of the Geula process. This is part of the redemption. Just like Yosef at Tzaddik, through non-miraculous, miraculous means, he was thrown into a pit and raised to be the second in command. It was totally devastating for Yosef at Tzaddik, but he was the one who was a Ishmatzliach. He was hijacked. He was traumatized. He was left to die, homicide, right, by his brothers of all people. But yet Hashem was the one who said about him, you're an Ishmatzliach. And he became the second in the man. Why? The distancing is really Hashem bringing us close. The distance is Hashem bringing, it itself is Hashem bringing us close. This is incredible. This is incredible. And this is what he mentions, but you see, it seeps in. It all takes place in the mind. The power of the mind is unbelievable. It all takes place in the mind that the way we're viewing life, what our thoughts, our mind's eye is telling us, it looks like we've done nothing. It looks like we've accomplished. But one of the midas of the spheres is Netzach. As we're learning, I think this week, this week is the week of Netzach. Netzach is eternity, forever, endurance, which means any good deed, anything we do never, ever gets lost. It gets stored in a bank account that's always yielding returns. It never could be diminished. It never, never could be taken away. You did a mitzvah, boom. It's up there for netzach, netzachim. As he's saying, even a person who is so magushim, a person who's involved in their addictions, involved in their depression, involved in their worrying, wreaking havoc, going neged Hashem every single moment of the day, any little thing that they do is considered valuable in the eyes of God, and it never, ever, ever gets lost. There's a mushal in the, in, the, in the Tanya that says a, uh, when a person recognizes the king when he's on his throne, is that such a big deal? No, because the king's on his throne. So it's really not a big deal. But when a person recognizes the king, when the king is in his uh, common clothing and the person is not one of the royal people, they're always around the king and they say, is that the king? Right? So when your mom le Hashem from the, it's not an exact fit, but... Uh, when your mom lech Hashem from that low place and you give a klechs, Rabbi Nachman spoke about klechsing, oy, Hashem, right? When you give a klechs and you want to do good and you have a rotsun to get, even if you're sinning against Hashem at every moment, Hashem values that. That's considered precious to Hashem. That day, in one of my vlogs I put out recently, uh, you can check it out on YouTube, one of my vlogs at Shia Sussman on my YouTube channel. So I put out how it was falling apart uh, during one of the days. 
taking care of the kids with all the Zoom classes and everything like that, you know, which I was falling apart that day. <laughs> but we need to know that even so, even so, there's nothing because you when you're in that mindset, when you're in that place, you feel like Hashem doesn't want you. You feel like it's useless. You feel like, what's the point? Kenish, I can't handle it. There's nothing I can do. I can't handle it. But Rabbi Nachman is teaching, no, Hashem, that is closeness to God. That is closeness when you call out to God from that place, saying, Hashem, uh, you know, that itself, his rachakus is kulo his If you look at what you're bothered by, that you can't go to shul, or that you can't go to minyan, or that you can't learn, or you can't dedicate your time to the things that you want to do. So you're developing your ratzon tov, you're developing your good desire. And Rabbi Nachman taught us to look with the eyes of Panemius. He taught us to look at the depths of it, not to measure success by the outside world, not to measure success by what you're actually doing, right? We always think about success as, what did I accomplish today? What did I do? Did I do this? Success. Did I do that? How much did I do? Right? Success. So we're so used to putting ourselves out there. But Rabbi Nachman taught, what's success? What's, what's he teaching? Success is what happens in your internal world, not what happens in your external world. If your internal world, you wanted to learn, but you didn't, that's still considered a wonderful thing, right? It's not something to be checked off. And this is what he references. He talks about the story of the sad tzaddik. So what's the story? I'm going to say it outside. We're not going to learn it inside, but uh, we're just going to say it outside. Incredible? Guys, incredible? Incredible? It's incredible. Okay. <laughs> the story of the sad tzaddik is like this, that there was a tzaddik and he started becoming very sad and he started doing a virus and he started thinking in his mind, about all the problems that he has in life. And he started falling and falling and falling and falling. And he became very, very depressed and he felt the depression, he fell. And it was very, very hard for him. And obviously when you're depressed, it becomes hard to learn, it becomes hard to serve God. And he started going deeper to that darker place. And every mitzvah he tried thinking of, everything he found holes in, he found flaws in, he saw that he did it for, he saw that he did it for alternative motives, except when he started thinking, what's one thing? He started thinking, Shalom, sonny guy. Hashem created me a yid. And he started thinking about, wow, I'm Jewish. Isn't it amazing to be Jewish? This is unbelievable. And in the story, it says he started flying thousands and thousands of miles in the upper worlds. He started soaring, traveling great, great distance from the happiness that he got from thinking, Shaloh Asani Goy, that Hashem created me a Yid, and I'm proud to be a Yid, and it's Geshmak to be a Yid. And he started flying thousands and thousands of miles. But then what happened? The thought crept in again. It's those thoughts again, they keep coming. He says, you know what? This is not going to last forever. And I'm going to land in a completely different place. And people are going to be surprised after I flew thousands of miles. How in the world did I get to this place? So he started feeling sad because, again, no pleasure lasts forever. And as we spoke about in the last year, a person goes in and out of feeling state. So you're not going to be able to hold that state forever. So what happened? As he started to get sad and the happiness started to wear off, he landed back. And what happened? What did he see when he landed back in his body? On this earth, he didn't move even the slightest bit. He didn't move even a hair's drop. Maybe even, maybe a little bit the hair's breadth he moved. Maybe something. 
But in this world, he moved nothing at all. That it's possible, it's such a deep message because it's possible for a person to soar thousands of miles in the upper world. But in this world, it looks like he didn't do anything. It looks like you're still in the same spot you were yesterday. And in fact, you were. But in the spiritual worlds, you accomplished the eons. You soar thousands of miles. We're so used to judging ourselves by our output. We're so used to judging ourselves by what did I accomplish? What do I do? Do I know? How's this? What that? You know? And Rabbi Nachman's refocusing us, telling accomplishing doesn't have to do with the outside world. Certainly it's good. He wanted people to learn uh, Shulchan Aruch every year and Kol Torah Kula and all the Meforshim. And he wanted, and that's a wonderful thing. He wanted everyone to learn all this farm. And that's a good thing. But the main accomplishing is the accomplishing that a person acknowledges their mitzvahs, that a person does internal work, that a person could serve thousands, person could soar, like the story of the San Sadiq, could soar thousands of miles and not move in the outside world at all. Right? Because we're so used to, oh, productivity, it's got to be measurable, it's got to be productivity. And, and there is a grain of truth to that, obviously. But did we forget about the internals? Have we become so concerned about our checklist of things of what we accomplished that we totally left our, um, we totally left the direction of our lives, that they become outside in lives instead of inside out lives? where we look at the true source of our experience, which is coming from our mind that Rabbi Nachman's telling us not to pay attention to, that not to pay attention to the outside world and look at the true source of our experience, which is an inside out experience, which is an experience that's being created through our mind's eye. So that's why he says, don't look at this at all. Ain't mistak el klal, pay no attention. Why? Because Rabbi Nachman understood that your experience of life is being created from the, from the illusion of your thinking. Or he understood that the experience of your life has been created from your mind. So in your mind's eye, you think you didn't accomplish because in the revealed world, you didn't accomplish, right? But that's only copy your mind's eye. That doesn't mean that's really what it is. In Hashem's eyes, in the eyes of Sadiqim, you flew thousands and thousands and thousands of miles. This is amazing. Straight from Rabbi Nachman to us. doesn't get better than this. This is, this is incredible. I'm going to go back to the screen share. Okay, share screen. Okay, Vitzarach Leos, you guys see that I highlighted the next paragraph. Vitzarach Leos, Akshim Gadol Bavodas Hashem. And a person needs to be really stubborn. Levi Laniach Esmakomo, to not leave their place. Don't even leave the little bit, right? If you're sinning, you could still do some mitzvah. Just because you're sinning doesn't mean you can't do anything. Don't leave the little bit that you've done. Af im yavor lavma, even if whatever happened to you, happened to you. And remember this well. When you begin to start serving God, you need to be strong in order to grab yourself. And stand your ground. Even if you get taken down, even if every single time you fall, you need to pick yourself up and start again. Because there are times when a person gets taken down from serving God, as it's known. Nevertheless, you need to do what's on your part. To do what you could do in the service of God. And don't allow yourself to completely fall. 
and all the falling and the dissensions and the descents and the anxiety and the worry and the depression and the trauma. It's essential that a person goes through these things before they enter into the gates of holiness. And even all the tzaddikim went through this. So I love that because, you know, if Rabbi Nachman went through this, for sure we're going to go through this. If all the tzaddikim went through this, for sure we're going to go through this. Means, means if we're, we find ourselves in a fallen state, we're not the exception to the rule. We're part of the rule itself. And a person, no, that there are people, a person can find himself right by the entrance of Kedusha. And a person turns backwards because they become confused. Or because when he's close to the gate, then the Siyetzahar and the Sitra Acha comes to take you down and strengthens himself because he doesn't want you to enter. Rachman al-Litzlan. With tremendous strength. Rachman al-Litzlan. And doesn't even let you cross the threshold. And therefore, you get discouraged and you start looking at all your negative thoughts and you turn back. Chas v'shalom. Because this is what the Baal Dover does and the other side does. When a person sees, when it sees that a person's at the gates of Kedusha, at the entrance, and about to cross that threshold, then a person, then a person, then they try with all their strength to take you down. I'm just going to read to. Right? Then, then they try with all their strength to take you down. Right? That Rabbi Nachman says, in another place, he says it's like a person in a wrestling match with their Yetzahara. When the opponent sees they're about to lose, what do they do? They try their hardest to throw in a last sucker punch in order to make it that they should win. So when a person's right by the gates of Kedusha, the rules of the spiritual words are that a person has to have a Yerida that the rules of the spiritual world are is that all the negative forces are going to come and try to take you down right when you're at the gate of Kedusha, right? Because it sees you're winning the wrestling match. So you're winning the wrestling match. It's going to start with all its energies in order to take you down at that very moment. Therefore, you need to strengthen yourself against it. And I heard from true tzaddikim, that if someone would have said to them, whatever it was, if someone would have said to them, brother, strengthen and grab yourself. The person would run and serve God. Because this person himself also went through it. And he didn't hear any words of encouragement for anyone. Therefore, a person who wants to enter into Avodos Hashem, remember this well. Strengthen yourself and do whatever you're able to do in Avodos Hashem. 
and all the years and days will pass and you'll be able to enter and cross that barrier. Because Hashem is full of compassion and wants your service. And you should know. No. Any little bit or movement or iota or anything at all that a person does in order to remove themselves from their physicality, they all come together and gather like connected dots at the time that you need. And this time is at a time when you're feeling super down. And you should know. And these are the famous words that Rabbi Nachman says, that a person needs to know that this world is a narrow bridge. That a person needs to go through the narrow bridge and the main thing is, do not make yourself scared. Incredible? Incredible. So let's just speak this out. The Nachman is saying in these amazing words, the buckets, buckets of encouragement, profound words of depth, that if someone, he was speaking to another tzaddik, and if someone would have said to him, brother, grab yourself, that would have made all the difference. If he would have heard words of encouragement, this person said that Rabbi Nachman was speaking to, brother, hold yourself, encourage yourself, stay strong, don't fall, you'll break through. When you reach the Shari Kedusha, everything is going to try to take you down. Do not be afraid. This world is a narrow, narrow bridge. The whole wide world is a narrow, narrow bridge, a narrow, narrow bridge. A narrow, narrow bridge, right? That, that you need not to be scared. You need not, you need not to be scared of the illusions of your mind. You need not to be scared of the world around you. Notice how he says, also it's important to point out, it doesn't say, everyone thinks, the, the, this, it goes, do not be scared. He doesn't say that. He says, you should not make yourself afraid. You should not make yourself afraid. I heard from a, 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 a rabbi that I'm closer to, Rabbi Baruch Klein, who lives here in Inwood. He said, what does it mean, Shalom, you should not make yourself scared? He said, if there's a reason to be scared, you could be scared. But don't over-exacerbate it and make yourself more scared than necessary. <laughs> don't make yourself afraid, right? So here Rabbi Nachman is saying, right, that you don't need a fear. Everything is happening through your mind's eye. And these are all thoughts that are coming to take over you and hijack you and take you down. But the main thing is, do not be scared. Hold yourself. As before, one of the first things that, uh, before Reb Nassin met Rebbe Nachman, he had a reoccurring dream that he was climbing a ladder and there was someone at the top of the dream calling down to him saying, hold yourself, hold yourself. And when he met Rabbi Nachman for the first time, he realized that was the person in my dream. That Rabbi Nachman was indeed the person in his dream. As Rabbi Nassim was climbing the ladder and trying and trying over and over again to say, hold yourself. 
don't be afraid. Don't let yourself fall. Because the main thing is, the main thing is, is to do what's on your part, to do your own. Amazing. It's amazing. I, I'm, I'm going to pause here for questions. If anyone has any, any questions or anything, I'm going to pause. You could unmute yourself and you could ask some questions if you have any questions. And they, uh, then we could go into the partial connection. Oh, there, there's one last point over here. What does it mean that the world is a narrow bridge? What does that mean? What, what does that even mean? I, I, I've spent many, many hours thinking about what that means, that the world is a narrow bridge. Don't be scared. Like, what, like, like, and, and, and that of all the quotes from Rabbi Nachman, there's so many amazing things. Like, that was the one that took off. Right, the world, right? The world's a narrow. What What does that mean? What, like, the world's a narrow bridge? So, like, what, what, what does that mean? So I, I did a little bit of research over here. I looked it up in good old Reb Nassim, and he speaks about it in several places, and so I'm just going to offer one thing that Reb Nassim says that this means, that the world's a narrow bridge. Reb Nassim says this in Lekutai Lachas, Hilchas, Tefillah, Halacha 5, letter 41. Hashtag Lekutai Lachas, right? So what does he say? He says that this world, the entire Olam Hazeh, is a narrow bridge. And what, what's the narrow bridge? How do you cross the narrow bridge? How do you cross the narrow bridge into the next world? He goes on a schmooze and talks about MS, truth. That when a person searches for the truth, a person searches for the inside of the inside, that's how you're able to cross this world and enter into the next world, to successfully make it through the delicate balance of this world, when you search for the meat of MS. And what's the you truth? froze. We couldn't hear you. I froze? Yes. Okay, we'll repeat that again. So Rav Nelson says, what is the, what does it mean truth? What, how do you cross the bridge? He says that you cross the bridge through the trade of MS, through the trade of truth. That if you want to pass through this world and make it successfully into the next world, if you want to pass through the delicate balance of this world, you find the truth in everything. And what's the truth? What's the truth? What's the connection here? The truth is that you think you messed up. You think according to your mind's eye, you messed up. You think that you're a failure. You think that Hashem doesn't want you according to your, your mind's eye. No. Look for emes, there's emes. Look for the truth is truth. And you'll see that this is the only way to cross into this world. That it's only coming through your mind's eye. You think you know? You don't know. What do you really know? And when you look for the truth, when you look for the Ratzon Hashem and see that his that distancing is really bringing you close, then you're able to cross the Gesher Tzarma Od. Then you're able to make it through the delicate and gentle balance of this world successfully. You're able to complete your soul tikkun as looking for truth in God are one and the same. But you have to look for truth's truth. Emissar's Emissar, as Rabbi Nachman says. You have to look for truth's truth. When you see that your experience of life is generating, gener like he's saying this, I'm, I'm trying to bolster this point over here because I think this is, this is really kind of at the crux of it. That he's saying, don't pay attention. He's talking about the power of thought here in a very deep way. He's saying, don't pay attention to, 
to the thoughts that are running through you. Don't look at them at all, right? Because in your mind's eye, you think you messed up, right? You think your experience of life is coming at you. You think your experience of life is based on the external world and the things that you accomplish. Look internal. Look towards the inside out. Look for the true source of your experience, and you'll see that even when you're in a Rida, it's a godly experience. You'll see that the Hisrachakos is Kulo is Karvas when you understand the truth. When you see the truth of your experience of life, there's something about that that's freeing that gives you that center of gravity in order to reevaluate your situation, in order to look towards internal goals and not external goals to, the, to what you've accomplished. Now I'm going to say my own thoughts for a minute. I'm going to say my own thoughts for a minute just because I have, I have the floor over here so I'm able to do such a thing. You know, it's like, it's like the world is going to go back to normal, you know, and already in Eretz Yisrael, there are people that listen to this year in Eretz Yisrael and they're already opening up malls in the States really no one seems to have any clue about how things are going to open up uh, and whatnot, you know, and there's a lot of opinions on that. But like, for me, I just feel like I'm not ready for things to go back to normal. Normal is crazy. Normal is crazy, right? The, 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 the fanciness and the level of extravagance that people have, that we all have, the clothing and the trips and the vacations and the cars and the schools and the shuls and the mostos, and normal is insane. Normal is crazy, right? And, you know, what, you know, Rabbi Nachman and Hashem is pointing us back inwards to show you that like all the external world, all those things, might be nice, but that's not the main thing. The main thing isn't what you accomplished, your output. The main thing is your input. The main thing is, 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 are you true to yourself? Are you honest to yourself? Are you good to your family? Do you give charity? Are you trying your best? Do you want to come close to God? Are you ser- trying the taklish? Are you being distracted? Right? So his kulo kulo karvas that... You know, normal, these, these are my own thoughts. You can totally disagree with them. If you want to disagree with them, it's fine, you know. But, you know, normal is crazy. It's crazy. The world's going to go back and everyone's going to get caught up. And, you know, even though it has been a very difficult situation, obviously, an unfortunate situation, no one asked for this to happen, obviously. But, like, what are we going to take with us? Are we going to take the hidden blessing to be found in this time period? although it's very trying and I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of that at all for anyone, you know, but are we going to take, are we, are we going to go back to normal? Are we going to start judging our, our yeshivas, our schools, ourselves, our work, our lives, our status in life by the, by our external output? Are, or are we going to go and take this time to reflect and see that to point inwards and see really what's important in life? Are we going to go to an inside-out understanding of life and move into that understanding as much as we could to see that accomplishing is an internal thing? It's not only an external thing, something that we forgot about. So we think, oh, if I have this, that, and the other, I've accomplished. But Ray Nachman is saying, no, you've accomplished even if you've done nothing. You've wanted to serve God. You had a rotson tov to serve Hashem. That's called accomplishing. That's an amazing thing. Should we move on to the Parsha connection and Lagba Omer? We should move on to the Parsha connection. Can I ask a question? Go for a question. 
Okay, so Rabbi Nachman is saying about how, you know, when you're on the precipice of Kedusha, that's when you're going to get knocked back. And it seems like, is he referring to some specific life story or specific um, instance, or that was his general life experience? Uh, I think he was, he was definitely, I think, I think it's, I think it's both in the same. I'm going to repeat the question over here. Rabbi Nachman talks about a person who's on the precipice of Kedusha and then gets knocked down. Was he referring to his own life experience or was he referring to someone else? So he was definitely referring to his own life experience. That's for sure. As we learned about many, many times about how Rabbi Nachman said about himself, how like all his levels were taken from him and he found everything coming in the service of God so difficult and how much he had to encourage himself. And, you know, Next, it's funny, this ties into what, what lesson I wanted to do next. I wanted to do next, after this year, to do a few shirim on, uh, maybe it's Ayin Ches or something, I don't remember, Prastagid, Simple Jew, which is a, a little bit more of a longer and involved Torah. But Rabbi Nachman says over there about how, how like, you know, as we're learning, there's this double-edged sword that runs through all Rabbi Nachman's Torahs, that it's, there's Eurydice and Elias, there's up and downs, right? That part of the process of growth, the spiritual DNA of growth, the spiritual, the rules of the spiritual world is, is that when a person is uh, ascending, they must experience a descent. And that descent is really an, is an ascent in itself, right? That's what he's teaching. And that, that certainly was his experience, his experience of life. That certainly was his experience of life. I don't know if he was referring to a specific person. He was definitely talking about himself and he was talking to us in, in hashtag Corona 2020. He was talking to us. I want to offer, uh, offer uh, uh, one more explanation of, 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 a, uh, of why is it that Hisrachikus Kulo Hiskarvas? Uh, why is it that an Aliyah, that Yerid is really an Aliyah and vice versa? Oh, so just to finish that last point before I move on, is that, so Tani, the tzaddik is... is Wait, translate oh, okay. the stuff into English. Okay, the, so that... uh, just to translate that last point that I was saying, that, that there's always, the tzaddik is always ha experiencing yuridas because they're always moving upwards, right? The tzaddik is always experiencing difficulties because they're always moving upwards. So Sarachikus is Kulos Karvis because they're always, always, Rabbi Nachman said, I accomplished in one minute, it's accomplished my entire lifetime, you know, and every minute is completely new. And what I accomplished up until now, I accomplished in the next minute in my entire lifetime, right? So he was always moving upwards in his Avodah Hashem. So because of that, he was also always experiencing a down, a, a quote unquote downwards. Right. I think a way to understand this is, is uh, to put it to put it just just on the human experience itself, which means sometimes uh, we get older in life, and a per I'll say this about myself: you get older in life, and you're like, "Why am I still struggling with this?" This is, or, or a person gets older in life and they say, "Why am I struggling with this now? This is not something I ever struggled with before. So why is this particular thing really bothering me?" I've never struggled with it before. I was always kind of okay with it, but now it's these thoughts or whatever it is really coming to haunt me. And I think the answer is what we're saying is because as a person raises levels of consciousness, as a person raises levels of awareness, so the tips and tricks that worked for them yesteryear no longer work. So a person's now forced to readjust their caliber to their new level of consciousness that they're at, which means yesterday's coping skills and tips and tricks 
tricks and tips and things and behaviors that you were doing yesterday. Now that you've raised levels of awareness, those things no longer work for you and now are bothersome from you and may even set you back only for you to now attack them on a higher level which means it's precisely because you raised levels of consciousness that you're experiencing difficulty. So a person says, oh, look at me. After all the years, I've never amounted to anything. But Rabbi Nachman is teaching, no, that's really an aliyah. The reason why you're being troubled with these things now is precisely because you went up to the next rung, and it's time for you to defeat these things on a higher level. So every yirid is really an aliyah. The yirid itself is an aliyah. <laughs> the read itself is an aliyah. And certainly, as Tana, you were asking, Rabbi you Nachman. Translate, you read every descent. Aliyah for, correct, for every member. Every descent is really an ascent. Every falling is really a bringing close. Every distancing is really a hug from Hashem. Every trouble, every pain, every iota of conflict is really God bringing you closer. Every struggle is Hashem showing you, I love you. Wild? It's wild. It takes Rabbi Nachman to say that. Rabbi Nachman takes Rabbi Nachman, takes a tzaddik like Rabbi Nachman to say that. Now let's move on to the Parsha connection. And then we'll, then we'll go on to Lagba Omer. Oh yeah. Love Lagba Omer. Just opening up my chumash over here for a second. It is Parsha's Emor, right? So what is this Parsha's Emor? What is one of the first things that it opens up? That it says over here that a person, a Kohen, should not come in contact with a mace, with a dead person. A Kohen's not only become ritually impure, tame, they need to remain pure. So a Kohen is not allowed to come in contact with a dead person. So now there's a quandary that happens. I like to call this the Kohen's quandary. What's the Kohen's quandary? So the Kohen has kids, right? And he's playing with other kids in the field. Stomach, his kids are playing. Ostensibly, his kids are playing with other kids on the block, other Jews. And in those days, you had dead people around, and there was a dead person in the field. So some people want to educate their kid, their kids, by putting everyone else down around them. This one's no good, and that one's no good, and this one's no good. But you can't educate your kid Moshe like that. Why? Because he's playing with other Jews. So if you want to say, oh, well, non-Jews are bad, don't oh, stay away, bad, 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 right? So you could do that. But when it comes to other Yidin, you don't want to put other Yidin down. So Shmuel, your son Moshe, is playing in the field, and there's a mace there. There's a dead body there. There's a corpse there. And he's playing with other kids. Now, other kids are, other kids are allowed to go to that area. But your son Moshe is not allowed to go to that area. So how are you supposed to teach your son Moshe not to go to that area? How are you supposed to teach him that? You can't put the other kids down. Because they're, they're, they're Am Yisrael. You can't put them down. So how are you supposed to be Mechanach, your kid? How are you supposed to educate your kid Moshe to stay away? You don't say the outside world is bad. You don't say those kids are bad. What do you say? <clears throat> you say, Moshe, you have, you're unique. You have a unique specialness to you. Other people are halig. Other people are holy. The other people, they're amazing. But Moshe, you have something called the Kedusha Sakahuna, the priestly holiness. You have Gedusha Sakahuna. You have something unique about you, special. Because you have something unique about you, special, you shouldn't go to that field and play with those boys there because there's a dead body there. And you're not allowed to be Matame Mace. 
right? So this is what Rabbi Nachman is teaching. Hold yourself. Realize your Nikudas Tovas. Realize your good things. Realize that everything that's happening around you is totally, totally good. It doesn't look good to the outside. But Rabbi Nachman, again, is refocusing us on the internalities, showing us that it's an inside-out world. And you have to value yourself and value your, and value your preciousness. Now, another partial connection for Lagba Omer. Woo-woo! Lagba Omer is one of those things. I think if you, if you like Rabbi Nachman, you like Lagba Omer. You, you got you to gotta, you gotta like Rabbi Shimon, you got to like Lagba Omer. So the, the Lagba Omer connection is like this. It's also a Parsha connection. The first Pasuk in the Parsha says, Vayomar Shemo Moshe Emor El HaKohan B'nei Aaron Ve'amar Ta'aleim L'nefesh Lo Yitame Ba'amav Hashem says to Moshe, Say Emor, say to the Kohanim, the sons of Aaron, Ve'amar Ta'aleim, and say to them, L'nefesh Lo Yitame Ba'amav Don't become Tame for a person in your nation, right? The Kohen shouldn't become Tame, shouldn't become ritually impure. So, Rashi asks, what's this double language of saying, emor ve'amarta, emor ve'amarta, em, just say, you just said, right? Ve'yomer shemo Moshe, emor, say to the Kohanim. So say that, but it says, emor elok, say to the Kohanim, the sons of Aaron, ve'amarta aleim, then tell them again. So what does Rashi say? Rashi says, emor elok Kohanim, say to the Kohanim, emor ve'amarta. What does it mean, this double language of saying? Lahazir gedolim al to warn the adults just as much as to warn the children, which means it's a double language, right? The two sayings are, are this applies to adults just as much as it applies to children. So there's a double language to Lahazir, warn the adults just as much as to warn the Gedolim, right? So what's the Lagba Omer connection here? Every year, Parshas Emor falls out right before Lagba Omer. Every year. So the, the, here, the, the Remez, this is, again, this is a Remez. This is definitely a drush. But the Remez is Lahazir Gedolim. What does Lahazir mean? To radiate, to illuminate, right? That Lahazir Gedolim al means that you need to be filled, the adults, in order to teach it to their children, you need to be filled with light, you need to radiate light, and your kids will learn from your own radiation. And this is, Lahazir comes from the word Zohar, the Zohar HaKodesh, that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai revealed during his time in the cave. That Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, he was hiding in the cave because his life was at stake in order to get away from, I believe it was the Romans at that time. I think it was the Romans. Hashtag, need a history note. And a... Uh, and he was hiding in a cave. He went into quarantine. He went into isolation. He didn't know if he would be caught. He didn't know if he'd be found. He didn't even know if he'd ever be able to exit the cave. Ostensibly, he thought he'd be there forever. In quarantine, in isolation, coronavirus, all by himself, all by himself. But what happened? His sarachakas kulo his Precisely from that place of Yerida, precisely from that place, that descent that Rabbi Shimon experienced by entering into the cave, that's when he was Lahazir Gedol Makatanim. That's when he would, that's when he received the light of the Zohar and he revealed the amazing illuminating lights of the Panimius Torah, which gets revealed on Lagba Omer on that day. And that's what Rabbi Nachman was teaching us to look at the internals of life. Stop judging by the externals. 
Stop judging by the externals. And it was precisely the pain and suffering that Rabbi Nachman went through in the cave, in Meron, is precisely the, it's only because he went through all those difficulties that he was able to reveal the light of the Zohar. He was able to reveal the light of Panemius. He was able to reveal the light of Panemius Torah. And, and by extension, Rebbe Nachman. Hey, yeah, that's a, this is Breslov Shiri. I'll bring it back to Rebbe Nachman after all. And by extension, Rebbe Nachman, who took Rebbe Shimon's Bar Yochai's teaching and he expounded on him and revealed the Panimi Satora to teach that every Jew, no matter where you are in life, you have something good about you. Every Jew, no matter what you've done in life, with all your anxieties, depression, worries, antidepressants, and addictions, you're good in my eyes. That's what he taught. That no matter what you do in Hashem's eyes, you are all good in the hood because Hashem created you a yid. You need to look at the you need to look at the panemius. That even when you think you're in your lowest state, the distancing is really an embrace. It's a warm embrace by God who's hugging you, saying, Gavalt, I love you. Even exactly how you are, I love you. There's nothing you need to accomplish on the outside world. You need to look inside, and I love you. And that's why, and that's Lahazir Gdol Malkatanim. That's the, the great Sadiqim, Lahazir, the great Sadiqim, like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and the Baal Shem Tov, and the Arizal, and Rabbi Nachman, that were able to teach us this light in order to shed light upon us. And that's why it's brought down Nachman ben Simcha is Gematria Shimon ben Yochai, because it was Rabbi Nachman was able to spread the teachings of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and take his teachings to another level. And that's the light of Lagba Omer, of his Sarachakas Kulo Hiskarvas, the light of the Zohar HaKodesh, the light of Tinyana Memches, our lesson for tonight. And with that, everyone, if people have questions, we'll stay on the line. But with that, everyone, I wish everyone a good Shabbos. And we should be Zoycha to, if you have a fire pit in your yard, that's good. It was a nice thing to do. But if not, to enjoy Hashem's love and enjoy Hashem's embrace, that He's embracing every single one of us at this point in our lives. And He's bringing every single one of us without fail to a higher place and bringing the world to a higher place, to its final redemption through this process by refocusing our attentions. And as we understand that every distance is really a hug. Every distance is really a hug. Yeah, thank you.